The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined this week by all my cool co-hosts. Nate Heininger. Laura Nash. And I'm Shane Kelly. <laughs> oh, Jesus God. Christ. What the... Oh, Abbott. Uh, why? <laughs> I'm appreciating the energy you're bringing to this episode, Shane, but where did that come from and why? For the for the calmest game we've done in a long time, you go in with the... <laughs> we are just distressed. <laughs> Don't question it. Like, we... Uh, we'll just move along. Yeah. Uh, we're talking this week. Wow. That's just how I do the intro now, guys. Oh, God. Uh, we're talking this week about Unpacking, uh, which is a game by uh, Witchbeam the developers that we've talked about before on this show with their previous game, Assault Android Cactus. So I cannot imagine a bigger left turn than this, and yet both of these have been complete, like, out-of-the-park home runs. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm apparently a huge freaking Witch Beam fan. Yeah, I love Assault Android Cactus. It is such a fun game, and, uh, you know, I knew they'd been working on a on a new game for a while. Um, I know they, they released a, um, like an, an updated version of assault Android cactus with some new content, which was really exciting, but you know, I've been waiting for the new game from them for a while now. And, uh, gotta say not what I was expecting based off of their previous title. But, um, yeah, as Reagan said, this is, this is a cool game. Really interesting. I'm excited to unpack it with all of you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i mean i don't want to like sidetrack this with too much talk about assault android cactus but just before we dive in i just in case it's you know there's anybody listening to this who hasn't played that um assault android cactus is a twin stick shooter in the very arcadey um like uh robotron 2048 like bullet kind of like bullet hell you know real intense game uh, yeah, and uh, it's it's on everything now, and you should 100% pick it up. Uh, it's fantastic. And I will abs- absolutely say that it's, it's been a while, like, I think maybe like five years since Assault Android Cactus came out, like a long it, time. It came out in 2013, I think. Uh, wow. And so, yeah, a long time. And it, well, I think that was in, it, it, it has some, I'm looking at its awards page here. It won, uh a big award at PAX prime in 2015. Uh, but it also won some awards in 2013 from maybe an earlier version. I don't know, but that's, that's been a while. That's been a while. So when I, so I've, I've been following these developers for a while. The, uh, the lead developer, uh, of the, uh, you know, of which beam Tim Dawson is a good, there are all of them are pretty active on Twitter. Tim Dawson in particular is worth a follow, but, um, I've been seeing him tweet occasionally about unpacking over the years. And I kept, you know, obviously it, it looked neat, but it was such a weird little, you know, different thing than Assault Android Cactus that I got to say that in some ways I was kind of disappointed they weren't doing something that was more in line with Assault Android Cactus. And, um, but this has completely turned my opinion around on that. Like these are people, th- this is a team that had two great ideas that are very different from each other. And I'm glad they pursued both of them. Um, so yeah, the Assault Android Cactus 3D action, totally uh, twitchy thing, unpacking about as calm as a game can get 
two-dimensional uh, uh, pixel art, uh, chill soundtrack, focuses heavily on audio, like very, very uh, environmental storytelling, very, <laughs> very, very different. This is the game my work Slack got so hype about because it was all these crafters and information architects and people <laughs> yeah. who are like – I joined the government because I want to make user experiences for the people. And they were like, man, I want to play a game where I make rooms look nice. <laughs> and I was uh, like, great. Is- There's other games we've played this year. And they're like, don't care. Tell me when you've done unpacking. So <laughs> all four of you, this is for My you. wife is an incredibly, uh, incredibly sweet about me spending way too much time on the podcast all the time. And one of the things that she does that tells me that she cares about me is that uh, pretty frequently she will ask me, so what game are you guys playing for the podcast next? And then feign interest while I tell her about it. Um, and this is the first time in a while where we've done that. And then she saw, she's actually asked about like, well, where can I play that? Can I check it out? Because it, you know, just describing this game, I think it has a really broad appeal to even, you know, non gamers or people who are just sort of, um, you know, want an interesting, relaxing experience, you know, light puzzles, et cetera. It's, uh, I think, I think this is definitely something that's pitching to a different, more, uh, not the core gamer audience. And it seems to have really hit. With yeah, those people. It seems like this game is is doing really well, at least from what I can tell from things like Twitter. And there's narrative, so it's still short game catnip. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. this is definitely uh, this is definitely a game built for us and for our audience. Um, but I will say, like you know, this game described to me didn't is not very compelling. Uh, I'm not a big I'm not a big organized person. I'm not a big fan of neatly arranging knickknacks and things like that. And uh, and so on on its surface, I was like, well, this will you know this will be nice, but I'm probably not. It's not going to necessarily be for me. And and I won't say that it was like my favorite game we've ever done, but I enjoyed it far more than I was expecting. There, this game has a, a vibe to it, and um, a degree of silliness that we're going to talk about later that kept me kind of laughing too uh, throughout this whole game. And I always appreciate in a new way of telling a story or at least a new way of interacting with a story. And uh, even though the story, even in this is pretty light, it was still intriguing enough to make me want to open that next box and see what, you know, what, how many more chickens are there now? I mean, under capitalism, isn't it true that the things we buy define ourselves? Like that is the Well, same. of course. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> I love my little knickknacks and I was very happy to learn about this person through their little knickknacks and their plushies and their, you know, up the things they upgrade and the things they get rid of from apartment to apartment. Um I love a story that is told wordlessly if it is a complete story, and this one is. Without spoiling the story, you get a full look into someone's life through their stuff. We're not going to do a spoiler break on this episode because um, there is a story to spoil here, but it's still it's pretty light. But we are going to talk about some of the early stages that you enter, which is kind of a spoiler to the, the progress of the main character's life. But we're going to try to keep it a little bit light Um so there's still plenty to explore if you have not played this game and still listen to the and, episode. Uh, it's still Zen. The story is not murder. 
the story is not true crime. Just, you just I'm going to say that up front. Like this isn't secretly a horror game. You know like, what? It's though? not a twist. I, I I know I've made this this joke like multiple times when we talk about Gone Home. I uh, like I always thought there were going to be ghosts in Gone Home. Um, mm-hmm. There was a knife that you carry from like room from like house to house to house in this game, and I kept thinking like something's going to happen with this knife. You know, it was like <laughs> it's like no, of course not. That is not this type of game. But I kind of I what I want after this game. This was a a, a sweet experience. I want the like unpacking. But it's a murder mystery, and you have to I know exactly who you're murdering in this game. If, if we're talking about who you're killing, I, I have a person to kill. Oh, well, um, I mean, that's I, I was like, there's another version of this game that takes a turn midway through, and you're like unpacking into your prison cell or something. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I want removing organs from a torso. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Oh God, I'm looking for un, unpacking too. And I think that will make this game truly in my wheelhouse. But this really nice experience was was still great. <laughs> Unpacking the Silent Hill patch. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So I want to take a minute and talk about the um, the like mechanics of this game. This is not a mechanics heavy game, um, but like the the way this game functions is as a series of scenes. Sort of, uh, it'll it'll show a year on screen, starting with I think 1994. Is that right? Um, and you're unpacking a child's room and, uh, what, you know, you start with a very small space, you've got a number of cardboard boxes and you're clicking on each box. And each time you click on the box, a new object pops out and you can place it somewhere in the room. Um, and that's really all there is to it. There's some, there's some fine tuning you can do. Um, but you know, you have a space, uh, a mostly empty room. And you have a box full of objects. You're taking them out in a set order. You don't get to, you know, rummage through the box and pick what you're taking next. You're taking each item one at a time. Uh, the game picks the order for you. And uh, each time you pick out one of these objects, you are finding a place to put it in the room. Whether you are dumping everything onto the floor and then rearranging and putting things away later or whatever. Uh, you can rotate items, uh, you know, with a right click. Uh, but then, you know, you just place them. You put them into drawers or onto shelves or into corners and that is this game. Uh, the game gets continually larger. The spaces get bigger. You go from a single room to a multiple, you know, to a multi-room setups to whole houses. Um, but mostly, you're just contemplating the items that you take out of these boxes as you find places to put them in the house. That is you know, the, the vast majority of your interaction with this game is is removing things and placing them. Uh, but there is sort of a, a completion element of this that once you've unpacked everything, the game goes through and tells you if things are in places that they should be. Now, I think there's a there's a lot of flexibility. There isn't a um, like there isn't like a everything has to be in an exact spot, but there's definitely some degree of like you can't put. A uh, if you have like a hanging picture frame and you left it on the bed, uh, the game is going to put that in a red outline and you can't progress until you take it off the bed and, you know, assumably put it on the wall. Um, You can't have like throw pillows in the bathtub, you know, things like that. Uh, We're going to talk about it a little bit later, I think, Um, sort of how 
I think petty this game is sometimes about where, <laughs> you know, uh, where things can be. But this is where the sort of puzzle element comes in is that you're not just putting them where you think they look nice. You're also kind of trying to put things like where you think they should go. Your your tinsels go in a drawer. Your, uh, you know, uh, toilet paper goes on the toilet paper rack. You know, there is some degree of like you're trying to put the house together in the way it should go. There's a lot of flexibility again, but there is a, a, a degree of rules. So that's the gameplay loop. Enter into a room or a series of rooms, unpack everything, get everything done, and then the game switches to tell you where you put things wrong. And if you're me, it's a lot. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, you rearrange everything, and then you can go to the next to the next house. Yeah, and a couple things that make the experience really nice. We've already talked a little bit about the pixel art, but I'll also give a shout out to the sound design. That when you put things down on every single surface, it's- every single item sounds a little different. Yes, we haven't talked enough uh, yet about the pixel art either, yeah, but the sound. Oh my god. So we'll we'll talk about the pixel art in a moment which is this, this game is an astonishing work of art visually and from a sound yep. perspective. But like mm-hmm. what Laura's talking about there, the sound thing is mind-boggling. I wish I'd bookmarked the tweet. I, I don't have it handy, but there are many thousands of foley sounds in this game. I think they said it was something like like 40,000 wave files or something like that. It's like some astonishing It's an incredible number. number. It's it's the best part of the game. Every yeah. single one of them is a sound like this. <laughs> yes. But, but it's but it's like it's like little collisions between like oh well if I pick up this plastic bottle and I put it on the uh granite countertop it sounds like this, but if I put it on the tile floor it sounds like that. Yeah. What so does that, it sound like if you pick up a uh, a stuffed animal and you sit it on top of a toilet? Like there's a sound effect for that, and it sounds very natural. Sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Shane. Thank God. you. Just bringing that energy yeah. right into yeah. the Zen game. I mean, it gets all the way down to like the center of the table sounds different than the edge of the table. I mean, mm-hmm. th- like – it is. It's truly the most impressive part of the game, in my opinion. And I, I was sitting here thinking, like, this is the metaverse. <laughs> you know, like this is. <laughs> <it's> the- <laughs> it is such a funny contrast because you have, um, and this is actually true for a lot of video games. Video games can hit a level of realism in sound that far exceeds any other element. Uh, you know, the graphics or whatever. You can have things that sound essentially perfectly real in a video game and people just don't sometimes people just don't notice uh, meanwhile you can have you know very close to photorealistic graphics and people are like oh my gosh amazing and then you know what's really impressive is art like what's in this where it's just this really distinctive pixel art style mm-hmm. and i think that And the reason I'm discussing this in the middle of mechanics is because it is crucial to making this game feel as good as it does because you put something down in what you think is the right place, you hear it, you see it, those two reinforce it. And that is the game and it has to work. mm -hmm. The the reason we're getting tangled on this and talking about these all on top of each other is that for this game, there is – it feels practically like you cannot separate the narrative – from the level design, from the art, from the sound design, 
Mm-hmm. It's all one piece, and they're all completely and very tightly linked together. It's yeah, it's a complete work of art. It's yeah. it's really integrated. The main action is picking up and putting things down. And so there's only so much you can do to make that like consistently feel good. And I think they very appropriately hit on the fact that like this needs to sound good. That's how you add this like tactile element to the game and and they nailed it. There's even some items when you pick them up and even though you're like controlling them with a little mouse and it's, you know, very unrealistic that this thing is just flying around the house as you're moving it. Uh, if it's like a ball that's full of beads for some reason, as you're moving it around, it sounds appropriate. Like you move it to the right and it shakes and you can hear the like, you know, beads shaking around inside of it. Uh, everything just mm-hmm. feels so good. It made me think of like uh, the room games that we did an episode mm-hmm. on, uh, and a game that, that and a game that we're going to cover uh, later also has this. Um, but like every little piece feels and looks good, and you know, while it's not photorealistic, it 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 looks real for the for the context of the game, and it really is the game. I think the sound design is what puts this game above uh, above and beyond. Also, the art. We've already talked a lot of sugar about it, but the thing that I want to emphasize super strongly here is that. The the graphic art here, you know, you get this sort of um, isometric view into these little cutouts or dioramas of very domestic spaces, right? And you're putting away these objects. Every single object is a incredibly intricate, handcrafted piece of pixel art. Um, this is not something where they like did 3D models and then did a bunch of recolors and then put them through a pixel filter or something. This is all super intricate pixel art, the kind of thing that you just don't get a lot these days. And there's an enormous amount of it. There's so many items, you know, and every single item has rotations. So this is super important for a lot of these things. You know, you might have, uh, like you might be in the kitchen and you're trying to put away a, um, uh, like a pot, right? Like a pot with a handle and it might, it has four different directions that you can face it in. And because of the isometric perspective these are in, each of those four is its own unique art. And, and its own unique most, shape. Yes. Often. Yeah. Uh, and things like clothes will have different states. So like a piece of clothing might have a state that it, it's in when it's on the floor versus a state that it's in when it's on a hanger. And it can shift between those automatically as you drag and drop things around. Um, books, when you put them onto shelves, will snap between stacks. You can put things in stacks and they very naturally become stacks where they get aligned correctly for you and you can move the whole stack. Or you can take those books out and stand them on shelves and they'll automatically stand on a shelf and snap into place for you in reasonable looking places. Um, and all of that means that each of these needs to have multiple orientations and rotations of pixel art that are that it can move between seamlessly without looking weird and also uh, get obscured by other objects correctly and without looking weird you know you put 10 objects onto a shelf and they all need to look like they're sitting on that shelf correctly obscuring each other and uh, and looking like they're all actually sitting on the same surface at the same angle without looking weird it's amazing that they managed this yeah and like, it's, it's an amazing feat of pixel art and it's not finicky at like, all. Like it is like you would think like a game where you're putting books into shelves and stacking little things and moving little uh, trinkets around or whatever. Like 
that would probably feel finicky, uh, but it's not. That sort of snap into place that Reagan's talking about is is really satisfying and makes it really easy and smooth to put like 20 books on a shelf. Um, you don't have to perfectly, you know, slot it in there. You just get it generally close to where it should go and it'll it'll do the rest for you, which is very nice and and satisfying. The pixel art style that's used here is one that I have just a huge amount of nostalgia for because it goes back to the early days of my use of computers. The um, the use of isometric pixel art icons um, was incredibly common in computer software in the early 90s. And yeah, it does look like that. The style here is incredibly reminiscent of the kind of icons you would find that like represent a folder or a hard drive or your computer um, in that software. And even more so, I, I'm very, very fond of uh, – there was a particular source of icons in those days that it still is out there uh, as a company – but uh, it was something I really loved called the Icon Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reagan, you probably uh, – you guys all mm-hmm. if you have been around those days. You probably all have some memories of the Icon Factory. But the thing about the Icon Factory was um, when, when I was a kid, if you, if you, when I had my first Mac, it was mine to kind of mess with and customize. And I don't know if this has even any kind of modern equivalent, but I got a lot of joy out of – just arranging the folders on my Mac just so and copying the icons that I could get from the Icon Factory website and, you know, making – I would have little folders that looked like, you know, a, a submarine to represent a, a, a particular folder or, you know, one of my floppy disks would have an icon that looks like a Star Trek s- spaceship or, or whatever. And – uh Probably the most sought after and most common style of icons there uh, was this isometric perspective. Um, even the color palette here is incre- incredibly similar to what was what was present in that computer software at the time. It's like a I don't want to say sixteen color, maybe like thirty two bit color kind of kind of look to it. I don't know if I, I'm using that term right. Uh, does anybody else? have any memories about those days in computers and, and, and did this look like that to you? I definitely see what you're getting at because a lot of the smaller objects, especially like if you look at the, uh, the shelves, like the, 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 the woman in this game has a bunch of little like tchotchkes, little, little models and, and action figures and things like that. And they all look like they could be one of those, um, at, at that scale, it a hundred percent reads that way. I, I was just looking this up and the, so this is a, you know, the, the team, uh, behind this, you know, there's the, um, the main guy, Tim Dawson. I think he's the main guy behind which beam, but they also brought on for this, uh, an artist called Ren Breyer. And here's the and fun part. This game was inspired because they moved in with each other. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Tell me about this. That's awesome. So the game came about because Tim and Ren moved in with each other. Uh, she is the artist designer. He's the programmer designer. And they prototyped this inspired by merging their uh, stuff. That's wonderful. And how they were all all. unpacking their their things and where they thought to put them. They came up with this game idea. 
That's great. And I mean, I think she's the she's listed as the creative lead on this game. And I think it's probably her pixel art for the most part. I think they've got one other big artist. Yeah, they got two more um, pixel artists, but she's the main designer yeah. artist. Um, yeah. And according to her bio on their website, she started her career um, by doing pixel art for Jetpack, yeah, Jetpack Joyride, which uh, I love <laughs> I that, game. With that game. Yeah, I loved it. I hadn't thought about that game in a while. It's uh, it actually just got re released on Apple Arcade. Uh, they've got like a you know an, a, a demonetized version. This is something that Apple Arcade's been doing a lot lately, where they take uh like popular old uh Apple or you know, iOS games and re release them with all of the monetization bullshit removed. And uh, there have been some good and some bad results with that. Um, this is a sidetrack, but uh, this week I was very excited to see that they had a version of a game called, um, oh, it's called Galaga Unlim. Hang on, I'm going to check. Gal- Galaga Wars that I tried to play years ago because I really, really like vertical shooters like Galaga. And they had a really good version of it on the iPhone, except, oh, wait, it was monetized all the hell. And uh, Apple Arcade picked it up and re-released it with all the monetization re- removed. And I was like, yes, that's great. And I went to go play it. And it's like, oh, they removed all the monetization. And now it's just a, a soulless grind. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> fix the mechanics. It, it, not, not the way you would have hoped. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's all. I, I don't know why I brought that up now other than I was I wish someone it, would at but... least put in the effort to free Peggle in that way. Mm. Oh, Peggle. God, Peggle, come back, please. I've mm. never heard of it. Peggle. Yeah. Uh, so back well, to something that's we? not soulless. Uh, I yes. do have a couple other mechanics things I want to show shout out. Um, namely, I love the polish on finishing a level because all this beautiful pixel art and all this work that's been going into the detail, you finally get everything arranged just so, and no, nothing is yelling at you. It doesn't actually yell at you. It just blinks red and feels aggressive for such a calm game. Um, it takes a picture of the room you're in and adds it to your book. And it's the room you finish the level on. So even if you finish in your bathroom, it will have a little comment about your bathroom, which I found very funny. Um, I had that happen to me several times and I was like, not the bathroom. Damn it. I had to remember to finish not in the bathroom because I did it. I, I also went back to the bathroom last. But at Always that- leave a cup on the living room floor to, to get last, I guess. <laughs> well, you, you say when you're ending, it's just I don't know why I – I decided to do that in the bathroom, but um, I love that you can play back the video and choose the speed and you can see all your frustration unpacking or, or beauty. And then you can also export it as a GIF. So if, if anyone is feeling like they really want to show how they think, uh, and I'll get into that minute because I have a lot of questions about how we unpack. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for this part. Uh, yeah, I need um, to. I, I would love to see Laura. I have to imagine we are on opposite ends of the spectrum as far as how we unpacked. Well, <laughs> so back to that article real quick is um, I read an article about you know interviewing them about their prototyping and they had some really cool things about like cultural differences, like people and I think they said their Latvian friend like didn't know what the dish rack was because there's a dish racks are built in in the apartments. Um, And Ren said that she had a friend who was testing and took out the juicer and was like, I don't use this and shoved it in the back of the drawer. And so she said she's, they play tested and found other people love to watch their friends play unpacking because they were able to figure out so much about their friends by playing it. 
Like you learn a lot about something when you watch someone when you watch them unpack. So I want to be really nosy with you all and find out how you unpacked and what confused you. Because uh, Nate, uh, you seem to have uh, an interesting approach. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are you asking how like the order in which I unpacked? What's your general style, Nate? So you know, I, I enjoyed this game a lot, but I did find myself like easily like. Um, you know, there's a lot of boxes in some of these rooms. And I'd be like, oh my God, there's so many things to put away. And so uh, one of the ways that I would keep myself, you know, engaged is that uh, one of the, one of those sort of tricks of this game, and I think it's interesting because it's like real life, is that you'll be unpacking the kitchen and then there'll just be like a boot in the same box that was where all of your utensils are. And I think that that rang really true to me because when you're packing often, there's just this, like, oh, shit, I got to throw whatever I can into these boxes, right? And so uh, you'll find stuff for obvious other rooms in one room. And I use that as sort of my guide for which room to unpack. I would start in a room, I'd pull things out, put them to the best of my knowledge where they should go. And then the moment I would pull something that should go into another room, I would go to that room, put it away, and then start working on those boxes. Inevitably, that would I'd pull something that should go to another room, and that'd move me to another room, and I just would cycle through the house until I'd put away everything, usually resulting in needing to go through you know several boxes in, in a room that I had not been forced to go. And then it would give me all the indications of all the things that I did wrong. And I'd go and sort of do those at whatever order I wanted. So it was sort of a chaotic, I imagine if I was uh, actually unpacking in real life, I would have tripled the amount of steps you would have normally taken because I think the real life thing would be to like just set that in the corner, unpack all the boxes in the room you're in. But I I enjoyed going from room to room to room to room uh, frequently. So that As was night my... turns to day, you were just running room to room. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do it, yeah. Reagan? Oh, I was, I was just, uh, so in, in my actual life, I don't think I could ever operate this way, um, but I because I I've a very ADHD brain. My my mantra, um, which I cannot say that I actually follow, but I I've been trying to more lately is don't put it down, put it away. Don't put it down, put it away. But in this game, I couldn't really operate that way because the biggest difference here between you know this and like a real box is that you can look into an actual box and see what all of the items are that are in it and make your decisions about what's going to go where. And you can even, you know, in, in real life, you could pick up a box and move it around to different rooms with you, maybe. Ah, but in real life, when you empty a box, it doesn't vanish in a puff of smoke. No, instead, it goes into a pile in your garage for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Until Um, the next move. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so too real for me. Um, But yeah, no, here, I uh, I would just take everything I could out of a box and dump it all on the floor and then deal with it. That's so funny. Because I would see like, oh, well, this box had seven pairs of panties in it. And, uh, you know, if there are seven pairs of panties in this box, then I have to (laughs) find a drawer and put the seven pairs of panties into the drawer. Um, so yeah, couldn't, uh, couldn't deal with, uh, with the one item at a time room to room approach. That would just be too scattered for me. How I had to take the, you've uh, like tripled the uh, amount of clicks that you have to do though, by like 
Taking it out, putting it on the floor, taking it out, putting it on the floor. Uh, But I found it very annoying to pick up an item and have to move to another room with it. Although that's like part of it, you know, and it's like, of course, reality as well. Like you've, you know, you've got your box full of bathroom stuff and it's got a thing that actually came from the shelf in your closet or whatever. That's a thing actual organizers Say you should do if you're in a if you're cleaning a room and you find something that's in another room. You you should have a box that's like a not here box, right? And you put it in the room because if you go to that other room, you're never gonna finish cleaning the one you're in. So they're yeah. like, put it in a not here box. So I would love to say that I I, I did kind of a combo. God, that's good advice, Laura. Why have I never thought of that? Jeez, I I don't know. Well, but um, this is also a video game, and you can transfer from room to room instantly. Much so. <laughs> easier. Um, although you will rabbit hole just as easy for me. If there was an obvious place, like I know where socks go, I'm going to pick a drawer, and that's where socks will go. You say that like it's an obvious thing. I had a real problem with the socks in this game, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I had a very – I had an idea and I wanted to put everything there. If, if there was a clear place, but like knickknacks or other things, I would kind of put one or two up and then more would come and I'd stack them on the – be like, no, my place isn't good enough. I need to know how many – like how many yeah. spices are there before I can find a spice spot because um, early in the game or maybe mid, like four or five houses, there's eight total rooms um, or places rather because some are multi-room. Um, halfway through – I was putting up like my own little gallery wall and I looked at it and mm. finished and I saw another box in the corner. I opened it and there were another four things to hang up. <laughs> that, was absolutely, that was all, absolutely my number one problem in this game. All the like, paintings I, off the wall well, and put them back up. This is why you need my approach. My, my approach was very different. I am the ultimate floor organizer. Mm. I take absolutely through the entire house. I take everything out of every single box and I put, and it, put it on, it on the, the floor. floor. And then I can tell how much space I need. Yep. Oh man, we are I all. Guess. See, I, I guess. Balanced, like, is there even enough I balanced room that because the there wasn't enough room on the floor or on the desk. Like I, I started putting everything mm-hmm. everywhere, and then I would get ah. just full. Well, most of the items, <laughs> once you start running out of, there really is, I think, room for everything on the floor because most of the items that would logically stack do. And so, as you are taking things out, you end up with like three like human-sized stacks of books and towels and things like that. And then you'll have plenty of room for everything else. But there are many times in this game where if, you know, when I wasn't following that approach perfectly, I would very frequently have to take things back out of drawers, mm-hmm. uh, move, you know, play Tetris with kitchen appliances. And um, I'll, I'll be honest, that is extremely tedious, no matter how beautiful it looks. See, that's why there are things about this game that are tedious. And part of it is part of it is, you know, part of the thing, right? Like this is a game about an activity that can be tedious, but also depending on your mood and brain can become kind of Zen. And like I found this landed squarely on the Zen side of things for most of its run. I think it was fun because while I was doing a tedious chore, often it was because I had made a aesthetic or emotional decision to put something in a prominent place because I thought Mm -hmm. it looked cool or I thought it was like a thing that I really wanted to spotlight about this person's personality. And then like, I didn't have any place to put the, you know, the hair straightener. And I was like, no, okay. I have to remove everything because I made an aesthetic choice. And it does feel like the trade-offs you 
actually do when unpacking when you like oh, yeah. I can never live a minimalist lifestyle. I am incapable of it. And this game is a person with my similar tendencies trying to have, you know, only four plushies out at a time. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, to- it, well, I I will not I will not allow uh like this person has just way too many pairs of panties, and no, I will not. False. I will not That's allow. That's how many days you can go between doing laundry. So I applaud her. So so many, lots so of many pairs. Also, and the socks too. To put them it's all underwear in and the top socks, drawer. Reagan. This is my my firm belief. They all have to go in the top drawer. You all and they can't go. You can't have some of the panties in the top drawer and some of them in the bottom drawer, right? You cannot they, do that. They always so, fit in one drawer. If you just don't put the bras in the same two two drawers, Men's second house do not need drawers. opinions about panties. Two drawers, <laughs> one for bras, one for socks and underwear. It fit in every single apartment with no problem. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. The last house, there were a lot. I, but you, we played this game so differently. <laughs> That's like, there's two. It was cha- mine was yeah. chaos. It was chaos from end to end. Just, can it fit I, here? I it goes feeling here. like, oh, like, you know, clearly this person has, you know, you open pack a box. It has a certain number of panties. You put them in the thing. You're like, I have also, some extra room for bras. No, you do not. Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> And also another message of to the to the wilderness is never store your bras in half, folded in half. Leave them out like this game suggests you do. It's bad. By for the them. way, I'm now done. I've been trying to work as many uh, times saying the word panties into the episode as possible because Shane expressed discomfort with the term. So that's as many as I feel like I could. Yeah, I think you've probably in. lost us about half of our listenership. Mm-hmm. I think you can call it underwear, and no one will cringe. Also, there yes. aren't any. It's all. Bras and socks. Oh, it's it's a half sock. Uh, you can tell by the way the fringe is at the top. So <laughs> yeah. The ones with the little yeah. lace at the top and the bow are underwear. <laughs> oh, man, and yeah. The, and the other ones are socks. Okay, But well, yes, it's underwear and socks. I got it, okay. But well, it, it's based on the pixel art. But yeah, yeah. they've got like a, like a day of the week underwear. That's set. funny. Um, um, well... I <laughs> things the woman on the podcast see notices. I guess I, I, you know, this is an aspect of the game that we can talk about. Is that there? It, it's it, you. There are certain objects in this game that, because of the low resolution of the pixel art, we kind of talked about this already. Like you can look at some of these objects and know exactly what they are. But if it's an unfamiliar object, it's very easy to just have no idea. <laughs> Multiple men have been on being like, "I have no idea what this box is," and women are like, "That's a box of tampons, honey." Tampons. The funniest one was I kept I saw some tweets that the um, that Tim Dawson was retweeting of people who kept uh, of young people playing the game who kept trying to put the GameCube in the kitchen thinking it was a kitchen appliance and then weren't un- didn't understand why it wasn't uh wasn't letting them proceed and I think that is the funniest shit yeah <laughs> it there, also makes me feel like a withered really skeleton true. but it's hilarious there are a number of items that I still don't know what they were um but you kind of you kind of you know eventually figure out where it should go um but I, it, we while we're ranting um I love like I talked about it before, the 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 petty element of this game. You know, we're talking about um, you know where things should go and shouldn't go, and and the game has its own opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Like one that uh, I was like, it, it, it there were there were so many examples of this for me, but one that stuck out to me is that like you have a pair of kitchen tongs, and there was this nice little shelf um, right over the oven, and I thought that's a great place. For your kitchen tongs, you use them mm-hmm. 
um, you use them at the stove a lot. And so I put them there and it was like, no, tongs belong <laughs> in a drawer, you know? And it was like something that I had to make room for in the drawer. I was like, that is just your opinion, man. All right. I can, I should be able to have <laughs> the tongs where I want them to be. And because while I've been saying that, you know, for the most part, I played this game chaotically, I did try to have things in like a reasonable area for where they should go. And then when the game was constantly like, no, your your all of your socks and underwear, I had neatly in rows on a shelf because I did not see the drawer at first. It was obscured by a box and I had them all, all in a, you know, a grid, all nicely organized. And it was like, no, those go in that drawer over there. So I had to click and drag <laughs> all of them. And then it happened again to me where I had to move all the socks because it didn't like all the socks and underwear. It didn't like where I had put them. It's like, come on game. It's fine. Or it's all in the closet. They're all going to end up in the floor. It's my house. They're all going to end up on the floor or in the hamper anyway. They're never going to look like this again. This is the most organized they're ever going to be. Yeah, and I I think I had that in the first bathroom where I had a roll of spare toilet paper that I stuck on the toilet. (laughs) I was like on the back of the toilet because I was like I live alone (laughs) and I'm looking at where they you know the the under sink storage is too far away from the toilet. For it to be reachable. And I was like... Who wants to do the crab walk over to get to the I, I was like, in this game, I canonically live alone. <laughs> like, let's do... I've got too many stuffed animals to have anybody over right now. So let's <laughs> just do this. And it was they were like, put away the toilet paper and be an adult. And I was like, there's, a, there's... Yeah, the back of the toilet is exactly where the toilet paper goes. That 100%. Is its, that's its natural The second roll, obviously. Yeah. But yes. yeah, the second roll. What you're roll. both talking about... Is exactly the reason for the floor organization approach because um, no. Once you get every, once you get the last item out of the last box, that is when uh, the game's pettiness engine is in. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you take that last item out of the last box, sure, everything is going to be highlighted red. But from that point forward, you will know whether or not your player character you know, believes in the tongs shelf. Or okay. All right. So that, that makes sense. The, and also I appreciate uh, the, you've named it the pettiness engine. I hope other games incorporate a pettiness engine. Here's my pettiness. Let I me stack the pans, you cowards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things should be stacked. They're Teflon. The, the game's like yelling at you. They're, we'll scratch, they will the, scratch teflon, the Teflon. You, yeah. you cretin. It's my mother in the game going, ah, I can't believe you live like this. Uh. No, I just want them to have some like buy some little command hooks, like buy some stick on shelves. Like you can fix your bathroom storage problem. It's not hard. That flower pot does not go on top of the fridge. It goes on top of the shelf next to the fridge. Thank you very much. Because it's a cookie jar. And I didn't figure that out until I got an achievement because I put it really high up with the baking supplies. And they were like, ah, like you get an achievement. It was like cookies are a sometimes food. It's like, oh, because I put the cookies so far out of reach <laughs> that I got There's an achievement. Funny achievements. There was um, an achievement for making an equation with the, the math 
fridge magnets. I don't know if anybody else found any other weird I did. Ones. I did that. Um, there was an achievement for putting um, two of the stuffed animals together, like right next to each other. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There There's was- one for stacking a bunch of blocks very high. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I think the next thing we could probably talk about is – just the the story. the story, and then probably we're we're good, right? Yeah, I, I I love the way this tells its story because it's like the lightest touch of anything like this I've ever seen. Um, the you know unpacking is this very personal thing, so you know you you're literally interacting with every object you own, and because it's kind of progressing you through years, you kind of get the story of a life, right? At these pivotal times, because people move at really important times in their lives. Moving into a new room as a child is a big deal. Moving in uh, to your first uh, first apartment with roommates, a big deal. Moving in with a partner, huge deal. And so these these really monumental moments in a person's life and seeing all of the items that they own one at a time uh, during these pivotal moments, you get a surprisingly lot of of insight into. Even though, like, we're not talking about like each item having like, in you know, text you can read a log about it or anything. Like, every item is just an item. They're all low resolution pixel objects. Most of them you can't even really look very. You can't look that closely at them. Um, but you learn a ton about this person, and um, like I don't know, what did you guys? What did you guys learn? Well, did anybody else find themselves kind of thinking back to uh, the things they carried? Did anybody else have to read that? That's, yeah, uh, that's my favorite. Uh, my favorite short story. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you want to describe well, it for folks? Sure. Yeah. So the the things they carried is a uh, it's a short story about soldiers in, fighting in the Vietnam War. Um, and it's told in large part through kind of an inventory of all of the things that they have with them. Uh, it's been a long time since I read it. Nate, if it's your favorite, maybe you can give a better explanation. Uh, I think that's, I mean, you, you get the idea. It's the, the things that you have on you, um, especially in situations like a war become to carry meaning beyond their, maybe their, uh, their core purpose, you know, um, and yeah, I think I think that's a, a good connection to this game. Um, especially what stood out to me through this game is the things that you still have um, through the whole sort of events in this game. It doesn't cover a massive amount of time, but there's definitely a ton of major life events that you go through. And um, you know, twenty years, yeah, about um, some items are there from day one all the way to the end of the game. Most are not, you know, and it's interesting to see what are the items that you carry uh, with you throughout your entire life. No matter how does how your many- taste evolve? How yeah. do you it, when you are making more money as an independent adult? What do you upgrade? What yeah. is what are you doing that's trendy, and what are you doing like? Yeah, or what are what, you collecting? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> what weird little collections grow. Um, and and one thing I love too the um, moving in with people also sort of changes the the feeling of the game too, because not only are you seeing all the other things that they're, uh, that they have, um, but in the other ones where you're not living with people, it's a blank canvas. You're just putting everything wherever you want. Uh, both, uh, everyone that you live with has a lot of stuff also. And so it's a lot of just like fitting in, you know, get in where you can fit in and just like, Oh, well this person has all their stuff here. So I guess I'll put my books there or you can actually pick up and move their stuff, which I thought was a very, 
uh, funny and almost like passive aggressive thing to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to move all your stuff to the side here. Cause now my stuff is here, you know? Um, and, and it changes the tone of the game and, in, in not like literally, but I felt like it, at least for me, it changed it a lot when you were moving in with other people. Yeah. The first time you get to move in with someone, it's actually a roommate situation. So you have one room and there's other rooms that you can see on the map that you can't go to that aren't yours. And there are common areas. And in the common areas, you can't touch other people's stuff. But once you move in with a partner, you're actually trying to negotiate a completely shared space. And it really does change the tenor. I have so many opinions on the first person she moves in with. Yeah. Just the game loaded and I went, no, no, get out. No, it's not (laughs) a good look. Don't do this. It's not good. Good luck. This is not good. Um, and I knew it from the space, and then I knew it from the items in the space, and then I knew it from the lack of space made for the person moving in. And that was all wordless. Did anybody move the bookshelf in there? No. Did anybody move the bookshelf? No. You can move the That's bookshelf? Behind, yeah, behind it is mm-hmm. all the trophies from his murders. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what Dang. I was looking for this whole time. <laughs> I said it wasn't true crime, Shane. <laughs> God. I made a promise that's, to our listeners. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted from this game was one little, one little hint at something darker. Yeah, that dude founded Red Pill. Um, yeah. Yeah, was, that's, oh wait, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> Never mind. <no. laughs> but I mean, even going to the closet and you're putting like red and blue hangers in and pink hangers and this monochromatic masculine closet i was just like oh no girl yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> um, the biggest thing uh the biggest thing in moving in there was that there was nowhere to hang your diploma no that was a big yeah and that was I loved that. yeah there was like literally nowhere in the place like it was it, they must have really carefully uh, arranged all the walls in that because it felt like this very specific statement to me that like yeah i you know you have this diploma that's like obviously this big new item that you've just acquired and like you know you're you're right out of college presumably you're gonna hang that shit and you look through every wall in this man's house and there is nowhere to put it and mine ended up under the bed same and it was at yeah. that moment i was yeah. like this ain't gonna work yeah uh in a drawer well, where my actual diploma said, is <laughs> yeah that's yeah, exactly I mean, where this guy this, is. it says this but still at the moment i was like I'm, hey I'm in my late 30s. I've got my own house. My diploma is not hung up. I actually thought this because you still have the diploma with you later. And I was like, girl, put this away. Like, no one cares anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh But I think it was more of a statement. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a great great little bit of of storytelling that they did completely through the mechanics of the game. There was like, mm -hmm. they do that with you're, you're, you know, there's you don't find any like. Uh, you know, pay receipts from his cheating or something in the drawers. It's not so heavy handed. It's just like it's just like everything about this space screams that you're not welcome there. This guy has something like no space for your stuff in his in his uh in his cabinets. Like yeah, yeah. everything his, about it is unwelcome. Yeah. Your stuff looks awful next to his. Yeah, just yeah. Awful. Something that said a lot to me in this on that one was um, you don't really know anything about their relationship apart from the fact that they're moving in together but we do know that you know she has her diploma and but also in her clothes uh she has a a couple of full uniforms for essentially working at starbucks like they Mm -hmm. are like barista Mm -hmm. outfits and he has the most fastidious 
uh, multi-part pour-over coffee setup uh, that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I, now I'm kind of assuming a lot about how they met and, you know, how how they developed shared interests. Uh, but, you know, if it only goes as deep as coffee, you know, it's coffee that's and be, music. Yeah. Well, yeah. they both, I think but she hadn't been interested in music before. So I was like, oh, is this a hobby you're picking up? Was that when she got the ukulele? He had a v- video game set too, didn't he? Like, she always has. We already talked about the GameCube, but watching her upgrade from the GameCube yeah, to the she, Wii. She had and a then, GameCube, and he had an Xbox, and I was yeah. like, this ain't never going to And work. there's the PS. <laughs> I think it's like a PS2 or 3 is also a part of it. Um, the details of the the who has what cartridges, too. It's like, it was very entertaining to know, you know, when you're moving a partner, ah, they have 18 DS games and yeah. four mm-hmm. PS4 games. This is interesting. By the way, we've talked about the uh, the like pixel art, but I want to call out like how, what an amazing job they did on the incredibly like low res versions of things like book and video game covers, and the video games in particular. Like you can look at these video game covers, like they're they're boxes that are clearly uh, GameCube games, and like if you're a person who knows about GameCube games, uh, you can look at those and be like, ah. She has Wind Waker, and it's like ten pixels tall, and it's like an incredible job. Like you can look at the spines and tell that they're GameCube games because they've done this incredible like reduction, this incredible job of like doing these incredibly simple versions. You could tell with PlayStation as well because they have the blue top and the blue bottom. That type book you keep moving around. I was like, I've seen that in office after office. It's like I know exactly what that type book is. Our listeners don't get the view that I do, which is um, like I have I was only at this last weekend. I was at Reagan's house and I can over Laura's shoulder here on uh, on on Zoom. I can see her shelf and it they the, the shelves of someone really do tell you a lot about them. Reagan has, um, you know, I guess you're not collecting quite as much as you used to, but you have a, nearly a full wall there in your office of retro video games and they're all meticulously organized many of them you've used a label maker to apply a uh a a label to display the names of say your um n64 cartridges when they're stored on end so yes yes i am an asshole yes that's beautiful (laughs) fastidious um nate has a very carefully well nate you're I, I appreciate Nate's shelf full of board games. Uh, they are beautifully organized, um, but his chaotic nature is evinced by the fact that most of them are stored uh, side on rather than flat, um, <laughs> which is a recipe for tokens spilling every which way inside. Uh, and Laura's shelf is quite distant from the camera, uh, but there are some very lovely video game memorabilia like the uh, the. St- Strawberry boy, what do you call it? From uh, the from the 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 strawberry from Bug Snacks. What is it? Strabby. Bug Strabby. Strabby. Yeah, Strabby, Strabby is on top, and Frog Detective is on the bookshelf too. So uh-huh. I again, yes. of course, Aww. I loved this person because I'm decorating my bookshelves with plushies from various games. I loved the uh, the D and D stuff on the shelf in this game. By the way, like at some point, this person acquired clearly joint like starts playing D and D with her roommates. And she acquires a little, ah, a little detective. bard. Look at him. Oh, hello, frog detective. Uh, she acquires this little like miniature of a. <laughs> oh. I assume it was a bard, 
And uh, then at some point later, some one one or two moves later, someone or she has taken the time to paint the little miniature of the bard. Uh, and she keeps that with her until she's, you know, uh, in her adulthood. And I thought that was lovely. Yeah, I really liked that as well. I, I thought that was a great touch. I actually didn't really quite realize what the miniature was. I saw the 20-sided die, which is... Um, at least, uh, you know, it, it's pixel art, but it's comically oversized. Mm-hmm. It's like a fist-sized D20. <laughs> but uh, Well, if you can get uh, any smaller, you'd never be able to tell what it was. Well, we actually have in our set a, like, fist-sided uh, – fist-sized – For big decisions. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do Funk. have one of those as well, I, yeah. which I love. Someone bought me a, a solid metal one. I call it the table breaker. I can't roll it because it leaves uh, marks, permanent marks on any table I roll it on. Nice. <laughs> I, I also believe that because she was a playing with her her roommates, I believe she painted a picture of her group, of her D and D group, which you can put up in other yes, houses. Yes, she did. Uh, which which made me very happy. Um, I definitely the next chance I got put that in my living room. This is where it's going. Yeah, and she she slowly gets more and more into various um, kind of hobby collections i think she like a lot of us she is kind of a seems like a kind of collector of different hobbies um and you see her progression through a lot of those this is the the place where the storytelling really comes in so i think probably the most significant one is uh her art and you um you, you start off literally in her childhood bedroom where you're seeing little sketches and stuff and it there are lots of beautiful little steps along the way but it culminates with uh, one box that you unpack and you pull out a children's book and you're like, oh, well, is that the pig from the that she's drawn so many times? Um, and in fact, you have like 50 copies of the children's book. Oh, she has illustrated her mm-hmm. own children's book and she has mm-hmm. a, a lot of extra copies of it like uh, like you'd want to. So that I, I just thought that part was lovely. I agree with you that the art is a big part of her collection, but the biggest collection is the little chickens. By the mm-hmm. end of it, you have. I man, love the little chickens. You have so many little chickens. It's like how many? So many. How many? How many more? At a whole shelf of them. Well, for a while, I was putting them in a row on like window sills, yeah. or like on top of things, and it would just be like the chick in a little line, like as if they were walking off in places. And then it got too big <laughs> to fit on anything, yeah. and I just was wandering the house, <laughs> trying to look for a spot to put ten chickens down. Um, I loved. The little, uh, you know, the the things that you keep accruing and accruing. And, but I also love when you pair back. Like, you upgrade your uh, rice cooker. <laughs> like, that kind of little thing of, like, oh, um, there was a chipped cup. Like, a little mug you have, and then it gets a chip in it. And then it's in your bathroom set. And I, the first time I saw this, I went, this belongs in the kitchen. And I ran to the kitchen, and I put it there. And the next room, I, next time I moved... I opened up the box in the bathroom and it's in the bathroom and I realized she's been using it as the it's the cup for the toothbrush, the toothbrush and toothpaste. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really meaningful. Like this is too worthwhile to get rid of. It's now in the, the bathroom cup. Um and then I looked at my own little, you know, I have a coffee mug in the background here that I like too much to get rid of, even though it's cracked and I, I'm afraid it's gonna burn me if I drink out of it. So it now holds change on my windowsill. Um, there's little things you can't get rid of. And I love that the game made space for that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So I think that's about it for what we have to say about unpacking. There is some more to be said about the story, but a lot of that falls in firmly in sort of spoiler territory. Um, I, I will say just for level setting that it's not like you're going to get to the end of this game and there's like massive reveals that will overturn the way you think about the, the, the game. Uh, it's just a story of a life. It's a sort of a slice of life game. And, um, there are things that you learn about these characters that we won't spoil here, but I found them all very charming and uh, I, I, I'm very endearing. And I, I thought it was just a really, really lovely game. Um, it's available on Nintendo Switch and PC. And on PC, it's available on Steam and also as part of Game Pass. I think it's also on Xbox consoles. Um, what did you guys play it on? I played it on computer because I thought it was the laptop and the lap moving stuff seemed the most chill I could. Yeah. I, although I've heard good things about the switch, um, mm-hmm. keeping the, the cursor controls actually supposed to be really nice and you can use your finger to actually move stuff, which I yeah. think wouldn't be bad at all. I played on Mac. Yeah, I think it would be fine nice. on a touch screen, but I played on, I played the Xbox game pass version, which is great because, you know, download it and give it a try. I think this is one of those ideal game pass games. One of the things I really love about the way that they're curating the game pass catalog is that I think it's encouraging more people, uh, maybe even folks who would be more part of the sort of core gamer market to try these smaller experiences because, Hey, it's free. It's on, it's on game pass. I can just download it and check it out for a minute. And I've seen that happening with this game. So I am really happy that people are checking this out. It seems like it got a lot more buzz on the internet than you would expect for a small experience like this. Um, And I'm really happy to see success for this team because I really love their work. And uh, when you you go to get your subscription for Game Pass, make sure to put in our promo code, uh, short, (laughs) short game. Uh, it really helps us out. I Thank wish, you. man. If we got a couple percent <laughs> off of that, that'd make a difference. That's, that'd be uh, amazing. But hey, I will you know say what? one last Instead, thing. Instead, you can just go to our Patreon and, and use uh, use our promo code by subscribing. <laughs> give us a dollar a month. And you won't get a discount on Game Pass, but uh, you'll get all of the other benefits. At five bucks a month, you get stickers. That is true. <laughs> exactly. So uh, speaking of which, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net. That's where you'll find all of our uh, past shows. Uh, I've been saying this a lot lately because I've uh, seen some folks who don't know. If you want to listen to episodes that are older than what you find in your podcast app, uh, our show has a history going back many years now. Not all of it is available in podcast apps for uh, CMS reasons. If you want those older episodes, go to our uh, website www.theshortgame.net and you can scroll back through many years of podcasts if you're curious and want to do a search if you go to the show notes page you can do a search uh, annoyance about our our page is that this, the search box is at the bottom of the show notes page if you are on mobile just letting you know it's there in case you don't spot it but it's there and you can search our entire back catalog uh, and things are very easily listenable to there and of course our most recent 150-ish episodes are available in all the podcast places we also really love when people leave reviews. If you leave us a review on iTunes or on wherever else, we love that. We'd love to hear your uh, your thoughts about things. Laura just typed into the chat. It goes back to 2014, and I uh, died a little more. I'm turning into a skeleton as we speak. 2014, y'all. Um, so uh, also find us on Twitter at, at underscore short game. Uh, that's a great place to locate us or on Patreon at 
uh, or patreon.com slash the short game. And if you drop us even just a dollar a month on Patreon, you'll get immediate access to our discord. That's the best way to chat with us. If you want to chat with us about the games you're playing, the games we're playing, the games we're about to play, uh, or really just anything. We love having people hanging out with us there. It's great. Uh, got a nice little community going. Love to have you. And, uh, if you back us at the $5 level, then I will personally send you some stickers and you can put them on anything you want. Uh, and we would love to do that. And, and Reagan gives each one a little kiss before he puts it in the envelope, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is yes. great. Yes. Uh, with you the need pandemic. to specify <laughs> if you don't want that, cause he's going to do it. Do unless put, you say yeah. No. Do put it in the notes, whether you base level is each stickers kissed yeah put in the notes field clean stickers please (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can also uh, find me on twitter at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k shane where can people find you you find you can find me on twitter at 8-bit shane nate where can people find you on twitter at nate stl and laura where can people find you on twitter at laura j nash and listeners thank you once again for joining us on this episode of the short game Oh, I forgot to mention, next week we're doing Inscription. Give it a check out. The game is very cool. Big fan. You'll love it. Yeah. Shane says it's his GOTY, and I'm not sure he's wrong. I'm wild about it. Yeah. It's it's for me. I get to decide what my GOTY is. Thank you very much. Gauntlet Throne. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Goodbye.